Blog Talk Radio. To the balance. My name is Tom Marquez El Presidente. We do this thing every Saturday morning uh, between the hours of 9 and 11 ish. Uh, today we'll be going 90 minutes till 10 30. It is race weekend here in Indianapolis. It's been nearly two years since we've seen fans down at 16th and Georgetown, aka the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That all changes this weekend. Uh, the first race of the month. Of May with the Indianapolis Grand Prix, or well, you know, we got to get we got to get all the uh, sponsors right. The GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We're going to be joined by Tony Donahue here in a moment with from the Tony D podcast. I believe he's going to be calling us from down at the track. Uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, the Grand Prix, and you ask, well, what's the difference between the Grand Prix and the Indianapolis 500? Well, one one's a road course, uh, uh, yeah, one's a road course, and the other is obviously an oval course. We'll get into a lot of that breakdown, and obviously talk about the pole winner and all the action on pole day with the Indianapolis Motors at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Grand Prix. Also coming up, uh, Steve Wilson. Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, gives us a call to help us continue to break down uh, race weekend here at Indianapolis, where we're located high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. And uh, we'll be breaking down NASCAR as well. And Matt Hicks, a longtime radio professional here in in Indianapolis, covered many, many races in his years, is going to talk with us some more about What's going on with the what's going on down there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? My name is Tom Mark Russell Presidente. Stick around. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back, right here on the Balance Radio Network. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones. Or grab your love partner And if you're by yourself, no worries Just follow after me yeah. Gonna do the two-step And cowboy boogie Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him Do the hold down and get into it Take it to the left now And dip with it Gonna throw down, take a sip with it And hang back with your hips Let's have some fun oh. To the left, to the left now to the right, to the right. Now take... The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. 
I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Time to get things going. We'll be getting uh, with Tony Donahue for the Tony D podcast here in just a moment. Make sure you get you some of that Black Rifle coffee. I got some right here on next to me as I'm going through the show today. The coffee or die. That's the coffee of the week that I got. The good thing about Black Rifle coffee, when you buy a bag, you give a bag, and you get to determine is it going to go to the first responders, is it going to go to the troops, and if you pay the troops, you even get to go as far as to say, hey, I wanted to go to the Army or the Navy or whatever. I have a friend whose son's in the Navy and deployed, and that's all they serve on the ship is Black Rifle coffee. So not only are you getting good coffee, you're helping out some uh, good cause. But helping us out with a good cause today, down at the track, I believe he's down at the track, Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good. Have you made it down there yet? Yeah, so i uh, got a lot of things going on today. And uh, there's Great. some support races, our final IndyCar warm-up coming up here in about an hour and 20 minutes, and then uh, 2.30 awesome. this afternoon for the IndyCar Grand Prix. Well, you know, it's been nearly two years since we've seen fans uh, down there at 16th and Georgetown, a.k.a. the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, that all changes uh, 
today uh, with the first race of the month with the, with the Grand Prix. Let's talk a little bit about the action. As as we know, we we have a a a pole winner, uh, and uh, in that in I'm going to try to attempt to say his name, uh, but uh, Romain Grosjean, I believe is how I say, captured uh, the the pole. In the number 51, Del Coyne Racing uh, with Rick Rare Racing Honda. Talk with us a little, little bit about his journey to P1. Yeah, I mean, Roman Grosjean is a guy that came up from Formula One. Um, everybody saw the accident that he was in last year where he was on fire. He kind of went under the barrier. Right. Um, yep. Halo that is on the car saved his life. And um, his, his ride was taken away from him at, at, at Haas uh, in Formula One. So uh, the opportunity came up for him to come over to run IndyCar. Um, with a team that has been okay. You know, Dale Coyne Racing is kind of the underdog of the series, but um, I, I wasn't surprised at the pole position only because the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway is fast. There's sweeping turns. There's major braking zones, which is a lot of what the Formula One tracks are like. So I um, was excited to uh, see him get his first career pole, and, and, and he was certainly elated as well. Well, let's talk a little bit about the action that happened on, on pole day with, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Grand Prix. Uh, Jack Harvey, Colton Herta, Graham Ray Hall, uh, Rena Sakai, uh, Tanaka Soto, and Simon Padajan held P1 through 6 after the first run on those fast red-banded alternate tires. What did you see in some of the qualifying uh, action there? Yeah, you know, it, it was fun. It was cool to see Connor Daly make it into the top six on a road course. Um, He's got a special sponsor this week. I thought Ed Carpenter Racing did really good. Uh, the local team will start sixth and seventh. Uh, Jack Harvey is really good at this track. Uh, he qualified in the front row a few years ago. He also has a podium at this race back in 2019. Um, so it should be a really good race. You've got probably 10 to 12 drivers that have a really good chance of winning. Um, it all, it'll all come down to, uh, you know, will this thing go green like we've seen it do so many times where it gets spread out and the fuel mileage strategy starts to play in. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think a lot of drivers are going to be going for it to make, make those moves on the first lap. So it's certainly, even if you're just a, uh, a casual fan, it's certainly a race you're going to want to watch. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, one of the things I, I should point out, this is one of the, the few tracks that's very unique in a way that it can host a road course and an oval uh, race. Obviously, the Indianapolis, I mean, they keep saying the Indianapolis uh, Grand Prix. I, I got to get in the habit of saying the GMR Grand Prix uh, there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's the road course. Uh, talk with us a little bit about the setup and what's entailed on that. And, you know, we remember year uh, well i won't say several years ago but years ago uh when they uh, uh, built that road course it was really kind of quite the ordeal to convert it from the oval oval to the to the road course these days they can have it done in a matter of a day yeah you know and and it, and it took a little a little while to get to that point to where you know you could safely change it over and 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 get some of the 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 cones and the barriers up that you need so they've they've done a lot of uh been a lot of changes and, and 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 kudos to the workers there at the speedway that can get it done and get it, get it turned back into the oval by tuesday um and usually you know it, it really can only take only three to four hours if you really want to um if you really want to do it so um yeah i mean it's it's super cool to see and 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 you go from literally watch them on a road course to 72 hours later they're running on the oval at fast speed so it's uh it's certainly pretty cool to see 
Yeah, it's a sight to, to see, that's for sure. Well, your guy, Alexander Rossi, started off really well, was looking really, really good, and he just kind of, I, I hate to use the word ran out of gas because that's not what he did, but it, certainly he fell down, and he, he, he's uh, obviously starting in, in forward, 14th in the, in the number 27 car. Alexander Rossi, what, what can we say happened with him and they, that Andretti team there? Yeah, I think they just barely missed it. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to where you are on the track when that when that checkered flag flies, and where you are um, as far as speed wise go. And it was it was a little bit warm yesterday um, towards the end there, and he just he just missed making that uh, that top six. So he'll be a factor today, though. You know, let's talk a little bit about the the top six, and we'll break it down uh, by each driver here. We'll start with Connor Daly, a fan favorite. I like Connor, certainly a local guy, and like to see his success success happen. And especially, you know, not you know, a week or a week and a half ago, he was really in kind of a a bad uh, wreck there in Texas, I believe it was. Uh, But Connor Daly, what are we looking for from him as he is in the the fast six? He is number six in the fast six. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a great run for him. Him and his teammate both, as I mentioned, uh, had great runs yesterday. Renus VK is super fast. The Renus just missed making it into that top six. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens today. Connor's going to be right there. His teammates are right there. you got to be aggressive at the start, you know. If you're starting from fourth or fifth on back, you're going to have to move forward immediately, and that happens in turn number one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, with, the, with, with the start. Everybody heads down into turn number one. And, uh, you know, when, when you head down into turn number one there, um, everybody's – it's a quick right and then a quick left. So, everybody's going to be on top of each other. So, as long as you uh, you don't run over anybody or get ran over yourself, uh, you'll have a chance to make some moves. So, talk with us a little bit about passing uh, on the road course and the push-to-pass rule. As we as we know, in uh, on road courses, it becomes very hard to pass. Uh, so, uh, what are kind of the rules in play today – uh, for the push to pass, and how hard is it to pass at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course? Yeah, I mean, it, it it really depends on the yellows, and we've seen with this race that the yellow flags just don't seem to fall when you need them to or even fall at all. We've seen, uh, when it's been dry conditions, we've seen long green flag runs, which means you have to be perfect in the pits. You, your in-lap and your out-lap has to be perfect. Your pit crew has to be perfect to get you in and out. Um, but yeah, the push to pass, I mean, there's certainly opportunities coming off the final turn, turn 15, which is turn one of the oval to kind of step on that push to pass all the way down the front straightaway. It's a very long back straightaway. You can use it at as well. Um, and, and, and that's pretty much where you're going to be using it. So it's not as much using it effectively to pass. It's, it's kind of using it to defend your position or, or, or using it when somebody else around you, um, is using it as well. So. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly difficult, and but it makes for an, an exciting race. And uh, usually it comes down to those last five to ten laps before you know who's really going to win it. Let's talk a little a little bit about uh, Scott McLaughlin, obviously the number five. He's a rookie uh, there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, a rookie in IndyCar. Uh, so talk with us a little bit about him and his speed, his qualifying speed. Final speed was 125.949. Yeah, I mean, again, a guy who is, is tested here. The good thing about today's race is, you know, the couple of rookies, they, they've all tested here on the road course, so they've all gotten some experience. And then the second-year drivers, like Arenas, VK, they were, and, and Alex Pillow, who's won a race, they raced at this track three times last year. So this is the most experience for the younger guys that they have on a race course. So, um, yeah, which, which, which translates to making the field just that much more competitive. I mean, the IndyCar field is so competitive right now. 
and knowing that everybody has experience on this road course in some shape or form really really uh really shows the competition level. As far as Scott McLaughlin goes, I mean, you can't count him out. He's in a Penske car. Penske's dominated this race, um, the road course race. The only two times a Penske driver hasn't, or a Penske uh, team hasn't gone to victory lane was last summer with Scott Dixon, and then the, the inaugural one, and that was won by Simon Pagenaud, who then obviously went and ran for Penske two years later. So um, it's been a race dominated by Will Power and Simon Pagenaud. Joseph Newgarden <laughs> has a win there. So uh, McLaughlin should be right up there as well. He's certainly got the car underneath him. Let's talk a little bit there with the number four car, Alex. I mean, number four slot, number 10 car, Alex Pelot. We've talked a little bit about his success on this show this year so far, uh, qualifying at a speed of 125.953. Yeah, Alex Pelot is a guy that missed the first practice session yesterday morning. So they had two practice sessions before qualifying. He missed the first one with some, some mechanical demons. So he didn't even really get to go out there and get his car underneath him. Um, you know, and, and I think in that second practice, he went out with qualifying setup to see how fast he could run. So we don't know what Alex Pillow has as far as a race car underneath him. Uh, but luckily, you've got 80 laps to uh, to dial it in. You've got enough time to uh, to get there towards the end. And, and, and Pillow's the guy that is now all of a sudden fighting for the championship. You know, you, you win your first race, and that's great. You celebrate that. But then as the season goes on, you start looking, okay, we're in the championship hunt here because we've won a race. We've got to stay consistent. We've got to look to have uh, – good races and if you remember last year when he was with dale coin he didn't have a really good grand prix he didn't have a good indy 500 um so he's looking to uh to 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 make that difference this year and uh, get some good results here over the next two weeks you know it's always great to get a win at indianapolis whether it's at the road course or whatever it is but it's huge uh to get a win at the indianapolis 500 alex below has the opportunity to make history this uh this year with the indianapolis 500 we know he's already gotten his first win how big would it be for him to uh, win the Indianapolis 500 this year? <clears throat> I mean, I, I think it's big for anybody, not just Alex Pillow. I mean, uh, it's, it's the biggest race in the world. It's exactly what, um, you know, you, you wake up every morning as a, as a race car driver and think about. Um, it, it, it's, it's why you live in Indianapolis. It's why teams are based here in Indianapolis. Um, and, and for Pillow, I mean, yeah, it would be huge being a Spaniard to be able to, to to come over and only his second start to win. But, I mean, not just Alex Blow. It would be major for anybody who wins this race. You know, uh, not to bring up distractions, but we also know that he's a, he's a talking to, interviewing, if you will, with Formula One. If he was to, does his success at the Indianapolis 500 determine on how well that next step with Formula One may or may not go? Uh, I don't think Alex Pillow is in talks with Formula One. I think Patricio Award is and Colton Herta. You're yeah. looking at guys like like Award and Herta that have been rumored that have both won races this year to maybe be in talks to go to Formula One. Um, yeah. You know, and and those two drivers could become the youngest winners in Indy 500 history if they were to win, um, as as well as Renus VK. Um, as far as Formula One goes, it was announced yesterday that Colton Herta and Gainbridge sponsorship was going to stay at Andretti Autosport for at least another three years. So that kind of locks up Colton Herta staying in IndyCar for the next three years. And as far as Pato Award goes, I mean, he's been a test driver in Formula One. Um, he'll get a test later on this year, that Aaron McLaren car, because they also have two Formula One teams. Um, but I don't see any rides opening up at Formula One that he would want to go take. Why would you want to go over to Formula One and, and contend for 10th, 11th, and 12th place when you could be in IndyCar competing for Indy 500 wins and IndyCar championships. So I don't think we see either of those guys go to Formula One anytime soon, but 
But, you know, when you win races and you're young and talented like that, it, it, it goes to show that IndyCar has great drivers that can compete in Formula One. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, great success there. Let's talk a little bit about the number three car in the top uh, three in the uh, pole position, uh, P3, uh, uh, Jack Harvey in the number 60 car, qualifying at 126.060. Yeah, like I said, Jack Harvey's really good at this racetrack. He's a guy that um, has ran well, has a podium at the Speedway, um, has qualified up front. He's aggressive, and he's consistent. He's, he's consistently been up in the front in these races, and he's done a great job of uh, – maintaining his position he's now a full-time driver in indycar he's had a great year so far so the points championship comes to mind with jack harvey as well but i think he'll be aggressive today and look for him to be up towards the front most of the day we're talking with tony donahue for the tony d podcast tony what do teams have to do to to prepare for today's uh race at the grand prix what's their strategy what's their fuel strategy what's their pitch strategy uh, and, and most importantly, if you're coming from behind to get even mid-pack on the road course, it's very difficult to do. So what, when we look at these, these teams that are in the back of the pack, if you, for example, if you will, uh, one, one Hopple, Montoya, uh, Jimmy Johnson, James Hinchcliffe, Charlie Kimball, uh, all of those, uh, especially when we talk about uh, Jimmy Johnson, are all well-known names. And certainly uh, James Hinchcliffe and Charlie Kimball, and, and Jimmy Johnson have road course experience, extensive road course experience. What do they have to do to get out of that back of that pack there and, and get somewhere in some sort of a competitive way at the, at the Grand Prix this weekend? Yeah, for Jimmy Johnson, it's simple. It's, it's just finish all the laps, stay consistent, don't make a wheel wrong. Um, Juan Pablo Montoya, um, you know, he, he's a guy that just – this is just a warm-up. This is just to get him comfortable with the new team. This is just to get him back, the juice is flowing, and then the, the sole focus is on the Indy 500. Um, it's going to be tough to come from the back. You're going to have to be aggressive on the start. And, and, and if it stays green, there's fuel mileage gambles that you can take, whether you, 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 you pit early um, and try to gain positions when everybody else comes in. You try to stretch the fuel and stay out as long as possible and hope there's a yellow, therefore you can cycle through. Uh, there, is, there is ways to get up towards the front, uh, but we usually don't see it. We usually see the guys that start in the top four or five dominate the day at the road course at the speedway and uh, we'll see what happens today um, but i don't expect anybody from the back of the pack there to uh to, to, to really move forward none of the none of the james hinchcliffe or charlie kimball's or jimmy johnson's i think i don't, I don't think we're going to be talking about them in the lead let's talk about another fan favorite there in indianapolis uh <clears throat> been around here for for a few years and remember got his uh, rookie start with uh sarah fisher uh but J- joseph newgarden in the number two and in the number two car it's kind of ironic there 126.216 in his qualifying. Again, a very, very tough contender out the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, Joseph is really good at this track. Um, he won here in the fall, one of the one of the fall Harvest Grand Prix. Um, he's right there in contention for the uh, the championship, despite having that bad first race in Birmingham where uh, he wrecked on lap one. He needs wins. He needs a big month of May to, to, to be up there in contention for the championship. I mean, Scott Dixon, we know, is not going to go anywhere. Paddle Ward's up there. Colton Hurt is up there. 
Uh, so Joseph Newgarden needs really good results. I'm talking two podiums, if not a win on the podium this month to get himself back into the championship fight. He's right there within pouncing distance, but he needs a great run today and a great run in the Indianapolis 500. And, and, and really, if you look at his record at the 500, it hasn't been that great. He almost won at Red Carpenter Racing back in 2016. Um, he, he just missed on the fuel mileage as Alexander Rossi hit it perfectly to win. Um, and, and I think he was sixth in last year's 500. So it's been kind of hit or miss for New Garden at the 500. So he really needs to take advantage of, uh, of, of a good starting spot today and staying up front together, max points. All right, let's talk about our rookie who's uh, leading the pack. We, we've talked about him a little bit, but let's get to know Romain Grosjean. Grosjean. <laughs> yeah, like we talked about, Romain Grosjean, his first career poll uh, in IndyCar that came over from Formula One after having a fiery accident. I think if, if you haven't seen it and you want to YouTube that crash, um, it, it's amazing that he even survives. Um, and he comes crawling out of the crawling out of the uh, out of the fire and the smoke. Um, lost his ride, came on over to IndyCar with uh, kind of a, an, an under the radar team in, in Dale Coin Racing. And um, this is a track again, as we talked about uh, at the beginning of the segment. You know that. That really plays well for Formula One drivers. It's got sweeping, fast turns, fast straightaways. So it, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's, 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 it's not out of the realm of possibility to see um, some of the drivers from with Formula One experience adapt to this track so quickly. So um, an absolute great run for him at first career pole, and uh, we'll see what he does leading the field in, the, in probably one of the most hectic and craziest turn ones that we see, certainly on a road course, but, 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 but even throughout the entire season. Yeah, and you're right about that crash. I've seen it myself. We'll probably try to get it up on social media here in a in a bit. But yeah, it, it was a pretty pretty scary crash. Uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony Don, uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast joins us uh, uh, from down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, gates are open. Are, are we seeing much uh, fan action? Obviously, it's still early. The uh, green flag is until two o'clock. But are we seeing any fans begin to trickle in? Do we see a lot of activity down there? Uh, by the track on on the outside and on the inside, what, what what's it look like fan bit wise? Yeah, I mean, I thought yesterday was a pretty good crowd. You had great great weather, and I, I think fans were just chomping at the bits to be able to see any car in person again. Um, IMS has done a really good job of, of of kind of keeping the entertainment going. You've had F two thousand races, you've had Indy Pro two thousand races, you've had Indy Lights races. So um, not only can you see the uh, the stars of IndyCar, car, but right before or after, there's usually a race or qualifying session for the drivers that you could see in any car coming up in the next two or three years. So um, I expect a really nice crowd today. Um, things kind of seem normal uh, for the Grand Prix, except for people in the infield, uh, which is usually where you want to sit anyway, because there's a lot of great places to watch. So um, I expect to see a lot more fans in the stands today, uh, just because you can't sit in the infield. And hopefully the weather should hold up. It should be nice. It should be nice and sunny. It was sunny for me yesterday. I got a little bit of a tan uh, a little bit, little, little bit, a bit of a burnt forehead. So, uh, really looking forward to, uh, to to what today brings. Well, that's great. That's fan, that's fantastic. What can fans expect when they get to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? As we know, it's been two years since they've been allowed to go go in. Uh, there's certain protocols. Are they? Uh, we, we're seeing now uh, where some places are beginning to lift a, a little bit of the restrictions on the mask. How how are they? How are they acting toward that? I mean, are, are they? Do they got the yellow shirts enforcing the the mask rule? What can fans expect when they when they get down there to the track? Yeah, I mean, I I think IMS is doing everything that they can to make sure that you're safe and you're secure. 
They're offering they're offering vaccinations right across the street. I actually got mine yesterday morning, um, so you can go out there and get vaccinated before or after the the race or practice. Uh, and yeah, they, they ask you to wear a mask when you're walking around and in the bleachers just for everybody else's safety. Um, you know, and, and, and they're enforcing as much as possible. They remind you on the PA. Um, but again, it's like we talked about for the last year. You know, um, in order to get to this point, we all have to act like adults and just wear our mask and continue to. Uh, to just to just go with the guidelines. I mean, I know it sucks sometimes. It's not something everybody wants to do, but if it means we get to go back to the race or get to go back to Pacer games in full capacity or, or back to Indianapolis Indians games or Colts games or whatever it is, I'm all for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the I didn't see a lot of lines yesterday. I think you'll see a lot more people today, and uh, people will be spread out socially distanced to watch the little IndyCar. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be a great day. I've been, I'm very familiar being out there with the Grand Prix and it'd be cold and rainy. It's not going to be that way today. It's going to be a great day uh, to be at the track. Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast. What do you guys got working on? What do you got coming up? Yeah, there's a little race preview on TonyDND.com talking about what to expect today. Uh, A nice little article on Bitcoin and Barstool Sports coming to IndyCar and showing interest in the Indianapolis 500 and how that's could possibly grow the sport for a younger audience. So check all that out at TonyDeity.com. All right, Tony, we appreciate uh, you joining us. You have a good day out there at the track, sir. All right, take care. Thank you. Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast joins us in helping us break down uh, the Grand Prix. And i got to get always get these sponsors right, you know. Uh, the GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. Uh, certainly talking about the top five. Uh, uh, Romain Gorshon. I'm going to get that right before the 500. You just watched. Joseph Newgarden, Jack Harvey, Alex Below, Scott McLaughlin, Connor Daly, the uh, uh, Renus VK, Colton Herta, Ed Jones, Simon Padijan, Graham Rahal, Will Power, Felix Rosenfex, which, by the way, fun fact, won when he was with Chip Canassi as a rookie there at the road, road course as well. Alexander Rossi, as we heard Tony talk a little bit, just kind of missed that spot to be in the top five, the top six, will certainly be uh, Alexander Rossi, always a contender on the road course. Marcus Erickson, Scott Dixon, uh, this is his track. He owns this track. Not literally, but he certainly does very, very well at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, both on the oval and um, both on the oval and the the road course as well. Tomoka Soto, Pato Award, Ryan Hunter Ray, Sebastian Bourdais, Charlie Kimball, James Hinscliffe, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Dalton Kelton and one Hablo Montoya all round out your 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 uh, 25 cars going into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Grand Prix. My name is Saul Marquez, El Presidente. Stick around; it's about to get good, or even better, maybe, because coming up is uh, <laughs> Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest. We're going to continue our conversation uh, about the Grand Prix as well as what we've got going on uh, in the NASCAR world. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 414 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. All right, welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, the Alan Presidente. Make sure you got yourself a nice, fresh, hot cup of uh, coffee with Black Rifle Coffee. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, and you there's this 
every kind of coffee you can possibly imagine. If you like to grind it yourself, if you like to have, put those little cup thingies, the K-cups, uh, if you like it to have it brewed, if you like it strong, if you like it uh, girly-fied, however you like it, they've got it. And they've got shirts and hats and mugs and everything else. But the really, really cool thing about Black Rifle Coffee, I myself right now am dry, uh, on Coffee or Die. The good thing about it is you can switch it around. But when you join the club, you, you buy a bag, they give it back. And, and you can give that to, to the troops, our first responders, uh, what have you. And you get to determine who that uh, will, will be in your behalf. I, I chose the Army. My friends in the uh, friends, sons in the Navy, and they're deployed out at sea, and that's all they serve on the ship is Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee, buy a bag, give a bag. But joining us now, Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest uh, and our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? Hey, fantastic. It's great weekend here in Indianapolis. Uh, as you know, it's been two, nearly two years since we've seen fans down there at 16th and Georgetown, a.k.a. the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Today, that all changes uh, with the GMR Grand Prix. Obviously, rookie uh, Romain Grosjean and Joseph Nugat and Jack Harvey in the top three in qualifying. You're going to see a familiar NASCAR uh, driver there uh, starting in the number 23 position, ironically, in his number 48 car uh, in Jimmy Johnson, he's a rookie. Did you know that? <laughs> so what are your thoughts about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? After two years, we're finally starting to see uh, fans out there, a green flag uh, today at 2 o'clock. Well, I think it's uh, it's good we're finally moving back to normal. It's uh, good that the fans are going to be able to get back in the stands, and especially after some of the announcements earlier this week by the CDC and others. Uh, it sounds like, you know, we'll be able to expand this uh, a little bit more, get a little bit more closer to normal uh, after all of these years and uh, finally be able to uh, see racing in person uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Absolutely. I'm not going to be at that race today, but I will be at the Indianapolis 500. We did get our tickets, and I tell you what, I'm just super stoked uh, to be there. Uh, I might go down there and have some lunch later. I'm still not sure on that, uh, but uh, hey, it is great to, to have that. We, we just talked with Tony Donnan from Tony T Podcast. He says it's a little different because uh, obviously they're not allowing uh, fans on the mounds and on the grass to have to remain in, in, in the bleachers. And, but he says that people are pretty cool about it and that, that there isn't a lot of issues with the mask and so forth. So hopefully we can get back to normal. Let's go on over to your side of the fence, if you will, in NASCAR. It's uh, the Monster Mile weekend with Dover. We'll talk about the the, 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 uh, the races here in, in just a minute at, at Dover. One of the really cool things that's happening this weekend is Dale Jr. Uh, paces uh, Darlington and his father's Nova. How, how cool is that? Well, I'm surprised that it took them quite a, well, a while to get back to the original. And, uh, you know, that, that, you know, it, you know, harkens back to the day of the sport. And, you know, there's so many people that uh, still follow uh, or are still fans of uh, Dale Jr.'s father and just to be able to go out there and see uh, some of the cars that he raced at one time is uh, pretty cool and pretty special to, to see that. Have you seen the show that he hosts on TV? It's called Lost Tracks. I know of it, but I have not seen it. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't have it. a peacock. Yeah, I, I don't have a peacock 
uh, uh, which is their streaming service for NBC right. uh, subscription. So uh, I, I've not been able to watch it. Yeah, it, it comes in a package that I have. Uh, I didn't necessarily go get it. But what I did find is that if you go to his website or you find other ways to get to Dale Jr., you can you can you can watch it. That's uh, what I did find, but it's really good, especially, uh, I mean, being a historic fan, history fan as I am, and just just the history of tracks, and they, they do everything from, you know, the tracks that we know well, to tracks that we've never even heard of, uh, to the starter up tracks, to the Sunday afternoon, uh, uh, Saturday night, Friday night dirt tracks, if you, if you, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on this weekend. Obviously, Josh Berry to replace sideline uh, Halley at, at Dover. Justin Halley will miss this weekend's NASCAR race at Dover International Speedway due to the COVID-19 uh, protocols in the Xfinity Series. And uh, Rock, uh, Josh Berry will make his uh, cup debut in place of Halley in the team's number 77 uh, Chevy truck. Do we, you think we're getting to the point, Steve, where we can start saying, stop saying that people tested positive? And, and I guess when we look at a race team, when you look at one guy tested positive, um, what's what what kind of let's talk, let's help us understand for us that don't understand what Dover International uh, Speedway COVID nineteen protocols are. I'm pretty sure they line up with NASCAR and Xfinity. But what exactly dictates and drives that COVID nineteen protocol? Well, NASCAR has a medical team all together that put together that have put together their protocols uh, for for both fans that they've started or did start allowing back in the fans late last year on a very limited basis and then expanding it off this year. Uh, you know, there there's you know a whole team of people that work on this from their medical team, and uh, they you know they work closely with the uh, you know the CDC and state health agencies, local health agencies, etc., so that uh, you know, the tracks that they are going to and, uh, you know, that they're following by, you know, the bar golf and, you know, NASCAR was one of the, was the first sport back last year and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, operating off of protocols that they had defined back then in which um, team members uh, that are on the road, team members that are in the shop and the driver are, are uh, typically separated and they don't really – they don't really come together. They don't meet um, like they would have in the past. And, uh, you know, while some of those things have started to be relaxed, um, you know, where where some drivers are starting to go back to the shops and things like that where they haven't um, done so in the past, uh, you know, just that way they don't risk exposure to to people both there and themselves. Um, Excuse me. But I've got a little bit of a congestion today. I understand completely. have to forgive me. Uh, so, you know, NASCAR, so NASCAR's protocols are, is to, and they continue to be, uh, you know, where where drivers that, uh, you know, we saw this last year, and then, you know, you talked about Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson last year, um, you know, he tested positive for for uh, for uh, COVID, um, you know, during during the uh, you know the latter part of the year in which. Uh, uh, you know, he was had to step outside of the car, and then there's been others that are the same way. And uh, you know, NASCAR does require them. Um, you know, once they test positive, is that you know they have to wait out their regulatory 
period, and then uh, test again to make sure that, uh, you know, they are negative. So, you know, NASCAR has all these protocols in the place, and I've asked NASCAR, and, you know, since the CDC and others have started relaxing their guidelines, uh, since the Wally Cooper in North Carolina, uh, the governor there has relaxed guidelines uh, for uh, both in-person attendance, uh, you know, inside and outside for events, uh, dropping mask mandates, et cetera to see what, if anything, that NASCAR is currently looking at, uh, you know, on modifying their their, their protocols. And so far, uh, I've not heard back from them as to what, if anything, they plan to do. So at this time, it seems like they're going to continue to stick with the same protocols that they've had since uh, about May-ish of last year when they did return, aside from a, a little bit of an expansion of uh, – uh, some media that are being allowed in the infield and things like that. But, you know, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully I get an answer to this, and hopefully that NASCAR does address this at some point to, uh, you know, uh, let us know uh, what, if anything, now that all these uh, protocols, mass mandates, you know, opening up more, uh, further expansion of in-person attendance and things like that, um, you know, what, if anything, they're going to modify on their end. But as of right now, uh, I can say that, you know, there really hasn't been much of a change in, you know, while it may be new with the new protocols that have just been dropped this week, um, you know, I do hope that at least NASCAR is working on this or taking a look at it to uh, at least let us know, uh, you know, what, if anything, again, that they plan to, you know, drop or modify or whatever the case may be. We're talking with uh, Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, talking a little bit of IndyCar and NASCAR. You know, some other news in NASCAR today, uh, this week that we found out, Eddie Gossage is actually going to step down as the president of Texas Motor Speedway. I'm sure you're familiar with him from uh, Charlotte, and, and obviously his work there at Bristol, and uh, he was uh, became the general manager there in 1995 and became the president in 2004, and now looks like he's, he's going to go to a new chapter. But Eddie Gossage is so one of the executives of tracks that we know that have helped turn tracks to be from good to great. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie is a promoter, and he's always been a promoter, and he's done things, uh, you know, throughout his career that, you know, are, are, are he's, he's just a showman. And, you know, you take a look at some of the things that he's done. He set up boxing rings there at uh at Texas Motor Speedway after, you know, maybe somebody came from Bristol or Richmond or Martinsville or something like that a week or two prior and, uh, you know, promote these, uh, you know, these events as, you know, maybe the, the payback event and things like that. And, uh, you know, over his career, he's he's just done things to just really just promote his events down there at Texas Motor Speedway. And one of the things is, is that it's kind of uh, – ironic that, you know, one of his one of the first races that he ever promoted or ever had a hand in helping uh, you know, at Charlotte Motor Speedway and Speedway Motorsports it is the first uh all star race that was ever run. And and this year the all star race is coming to Texas. It's gonna be down there. Uh, you know uh, you know, since since uh Speedway Motorsports moved one of the Texas races to Dakota um, they they get the All Star race in place of it, so they he's going to have a chance to uh, promote the very first uh, All Star race there at Texas Motor Speedway, which is will ironically also be his last race. So he has a long history in this sport that he's been around. As you said, he's been at Bristol and other places uh, throughout his career, and 
you know, Eddie is just a guy that, you know, he, he is a promoter and that's really at heart. That's what he is. And he does anything and everything to, to promote his events and bring people into those events. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on at the Monster Mile, uh, a.k.a. Dover. Uh, let's, uh, the Xfinity race uh, today. Uh, we'll talk about Martin Truex from the pole and tomorrow's race here in just a moment. But as we go into uh, today's Xfinity race, uh, they're at Dover. we got Austin Sindrick, Daniel Hembrick, Harrison Burton, A.J. Allendegger, Jeb Burton, Justin Haley, Noah Gregson, uh, Justin Allgaier, sorry, Matt Snyder and Jeremy Clements all round out the top 10 as we go into the Xfinity race today. Well, last week at, uh, last week at Darlington, it was good to see Justin Algara back in Victory Lane for Junior Motorsports, get them, uh, got them a win out there. Uh, but, but, you know, his, his teammate uh, had a little bit of controversy between the post-race inspection there earlier this week. Uh, just not, uh, sorry, uh, Noah Gregson, who was uh, the Dash Cash winner last week at Darlington, failed post-race inspection out there. And uh, on Tuesday, the they, Junior Motorsports appealed both, and the appeal was heard. Uh, and NASCAR, in, or the the appeals commission that's appointed by NASCAR, uh, overturned uh, and rescinded his uh, disqualification in last week's event out out at Darlington. So. He got to be able to keep uh, his uh, finishing position as well as uh, keeping the $100,000 bonus dash for cash out there that in the Xfinity Series. So there's uh, both good news and a little bit of controversy that came out of uh, Union Motorsports last week. But, you know, those are all very positive things in, uh, coming into Dover this week. Talking with Steve Wilson from uh, Speedway uh, Digest, let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on uh, over there. Tomorrow's race, sorry, can't talk today either. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. leads the, the the field. Obviously, Martin Truex has saw saw some uh, uh, success, and he's he has has three wins uh, in the in the last nine starts uh, at the Monster Mile. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Joe Gibbs Racing. What say you, sir? Well, you know, he he was extremely dominant last week at Darlington, and while I thought, uh, you know, there were some other dominant cars uh, or or some potentially dominant cars in Kevin Harvick and others, uh, you know, he just seemed to um, be the very most dominant car every every time that he, he get a few laps in, he seemed to be able to be the guy that. Uh, didn't burn his tires up as, as as bad as others, and was able to hold off some of the runs. And uh, you know, just watching him last week run Darlington and just be as dominant as he was was just uh, it, it was pretty spectacular. And I've seen him dominate races before, especially in the Coca Cola 600 a couple of years ago, in which he won that race, um, and and in same similar dominant fashion and. Uh, you know, uh, he comes to Dover. Dover is uh, his hometown track where he grew up in New Jersey. So, you know, you can I guess you can consider this pretty much his hometown track. And uh, you know, it's it, it's a it's a tough track, but it's also a track that uh, you know, the same way kind of with Darlington last week. Uh, there there's tire issues and fall off issues that uh, these these uh, 
these cars uh, within a matter of laps out there. It's just, you know, it's almost like sandpaper. It just tears these tires straight down and little to no grip. And uh, it's just the uh, uh, track, which is, again, tire management like Darlington. And, you know, know, watching him last week, obviously, it it bodes well for him to come to Dover this week, which is another, you know, track that, you know, is really just tire management. Well, I'll tell you what, this could be the weekend for Joe Gibbs Racing. Obviously, his teammate, Denny Hamlin, are on the front row for this weekend's uh, Cup Series at the Dover International Speedway. And as we just mentioned, Truex will lead the the field to the green flag there in the Dry Dean 400. Uh, Hamlin, uh, who won his first race at Dover, a double doubleheader last season, uh, starts second. Of course, you got William Byron starting third, Kyle Larson starting third. Uh, uh, fourth in Kevin Harvick and will will be fifth in, in Harvick won the second at Dover race there in top 20. Uh, what are our thoughts as we look at what's uh, rolling into the top five there uh, in, in the top 10, 10 competing spots also are Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I kind of I feel like, you know, when we start talking about Kevin Harvick a little bit, that, you know, hopefully – Stuart Haas Racing is maybe making a little bit of a turn, and you know, especially with Kevin Harvick, he seems to always be the one that that kind of leads that organization every year. They've had a really slow start, and then you just take a look at last week where both Cole Custer and uh, Eric Almirola in the very early goings of the race last week just uh, 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 you know ripped out of the race, and Harvick could dominate to some degree, and then he's able to pull off a good uh, finish and coming to Dover and you know it's they, that whole organization has, has really struggled this year it seems and you know Chase Briscoe has struggled in the in the same similar fashion and maybe not been put out as many races as uh, you know some of the others but he's you know finished well back in the field and uh, you know they need somebody that continues to be that that veteran that is able to turn this team around and and, and that seems to always be like Kevin Harvick every year that we see this out of him. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just I just think that they just need to continue having some of these better runs and coming to Dover. Hopefully that, you know, Kevin uh, is able to capitalize on that uh, as as he did last week. And uh, he, he he's struggling uh, just like everybody else, but it seems like he's getting better. And hopefully by him getting better, Having these better runs, the rest of the team will, will fall asleep at some point. Steve, how big of an issue is this lug nut issue that we're seeing happening? We just saw uh, Paul Wolf that's been suspended uh, for one NASCAR Cup Series race because of, of the two loose nuts on Joey, L- M- Joey L- Logano's Ford Mustang. And I literally just said Joey Logano's two loose nuts. But, hey, it's Saturday morning. I can't hardly talk. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that infraction occurred last weekend in Darlington where Logano finished 13th. Wolf said he'll, he'll miss this weekend's race uh, at Dover. Uh, he's also been fined $20,000. Team Penske engineer Jonathan Hausler will fill in for Wolf at Dover. Four other crew chiefs were fined af- uh, after Darlington because of the lug nut infraction. And these are several thousand dollars. And whether or not they pay it themselves, I'm just wondering, is is this really a safety issue? What seems to be the problem here? And if they are fining and suspending that many crew chiefs and that much money, it looks like team owners, engineers, somebody can can 
figure out what's going on to stop this craziness from happening. Well, again, the competition is just so close uh, today, and especially on uh, pit road during these not only just green flag pit stops, but also under these cautions, and it just matters a tenth of a second. Really, just sometimes depends on uh, you know whether you go back out in the same position you did, or you know you lose three, four, five, uh, you know ten, dozen, or maybe even more positions. Um, there's some really great teams out there. Their their uh, performance built athletes that uh, train week in and week out to do this. So, um, <clears throat> it, it you know the competition again has just it's just become to the point that teams are 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 looking for for ways to to gain just a little bit of an advantage, and maybe they feel that uh, you know a lug nut loose here and there and a $15,000 fine or $20,000 fine and the suspension of a crew chief uh, warrants them uh, being able to, let's say, you know, finish the day in the top five versus finishing the day in the top ten. Um, and, and and they 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 kind of feel like that that's a risk they're willing to take and, uh, you know, the money factor into it is, is, is insignificant at at the end of the day because they're all chasing championships and all chasing to get into the playoffs and things like that. And, uh, you know, while we may not be talking about this too much, well, we won't be talking about this next year with going to a single lug nut. And, uh, you know, it it harkens back to when NASCAR said, hey, look, you know, you please your own lug nuts if you decide, you know, you put two lug nuts on, and you suffer the consequences of putting two lug nuts on. But it, then it became a safety issue because, really, honestly, you know that's teams were doing, and you really don't want cars going out there at 190, 200 miles an hour with two lugs out of five onto it. And we saw where where lug studs, uh, the studs were breaking in the wheels and. Uh, tires and wheels were coming off, creating hazards and issues, and NASCAR had to step in and say, okay, look, you know, we give you the opportunity to kind of police your own lug nuts, but you chose not to, and it became a safety issue, and now it endangers other people on the field who are doing the same thing, or, I mean, trying to do the right thing. Um, so, so, no, we're, we're going to start policing this, and then we're going to start sending, uh, you know, people home and finding you at the end of the day, but... I really do think that some of these teams are are looking for that competitive competitive and performance advantage on pit road, and they're willing to take these risks uh, to to leave a lug nut or something loose, and uh, you know uh, get a better finishing position at the end of the day. Well, obviously, you know if you can get in and out of pit road and make it a lot faster. I guess I, what my thought would be if they're willing to pay that kind of money as a, and, and be able to finish. At a, at a higher uh, at a higher uh, level as far as you know tenth uh, fifth, uh, fifth place as opposed to tenth place and what have you it looks to me like instead of finding them thousands of dollars for the infraction Steve NASCAR uh, you know either disqualifies them or, or makes them an automatic last place don't you think that that would uh, discourage them from well we'll go ahead and pay the fine and deal with it. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't really know, I and I just kind of brought that up to the fact that you know, the, you know, the competition is so close these days on pit road, and, and 
you know, I do remember, like I said, back when, when NASCAR kind of says that you can place your own lug nuts and things like that, that, you know, teams really, you know, just they, that was one of the areas in which they looked at and said, okay, look, we're, we're willing again to to take the risk on, you know, putting uh, two or three out of the five lug nuts on. That way we can get off pit road, get a better finishing position at the end of the day. And maybe some of that mentality still exists today to some degree that, you know, again, like I said, that, you know, it's just they're willing to take that risk. And uh, I, 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 you know, I struggle with it because of the fact that, you know, if, if you've got four out of the five lug nuts on and, you know, there's so much controlled chaos going on on pit road at the same time. And, you know, you miss a lug nut, you know, uh, you know you're, you're at the end of the day, you've been out there for hours and hours on end, and you miss a lug nut here and there. I don't know if that necessarily warrants a disqualification. I, I, I think if you're, if you're being egregious into it where, you're, you know, all four of the tires on your car have, you know, three lug nuts in each of them and you only hit three out of five on all four tires, then, yes, I, I think, you know, that's that's when you have to start looking at some of this and say, okay, you know, you're disqualified but or, or whatever the case may be. But, I, I you know, it's, there's so much going on at the same time. There's so much that these drivers are crucially certain crews are trying to eke out anything, everything that they can, uh, you know, uh, performance-wise, and, 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 you know, it's, again, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if one one or two lug nuts is, is sufficient enough to, to warrant something like that. I think you just really have to show a pattern in the fact that, uh, you know, they're being so egregious that it really is becoming a safety issue. And uh, so far, since, you know, NASCAR has implemented these new policies, they have started suspending crews and they have started finding people. You know, while we do talk about it a lot, we don't see the egregious natures that we did in the past where, you know, only two lug nuts are being put on some of these cars. Well, like we said, it goes away next year because the world's world's going to change. Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, joins us uh, talking some NASCAR with us, the Monster Mile this weekend. Uh, Steve, where can people find you? Where can Masterpieces, sir? Just call us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, Steve, we appreciate you joining us. Hope you get to feeling better. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Steve Wilson joins us and uh, appreciate him joining us when he was battling some sort of congestion, he said. So it's really uh, good that he, he joined us. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. In case you hadn't heard, it's race weekend here in Indianapolis, not the 500, but there are fans in the stand and helping us talk that up as a longtime radio professional here in Indianapolis, Matt Hicks, right around the corner, right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Piquet, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. Uh, thank you, Tony Donahue, for the Tony D Podcast. He's calling us from down there at the track. It is race weekend here at the Indian, in Indianapolis, where we're located atop the Balance Studios in the West Suburbs of Indianapolis. It is GMR Grand Prix uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Also, Steve Wilson joined us in to talk some NASCAR, some action at the Monster Mile in Dover. But joining us now, a longtime uh, radio professional here in Indianapolis, Matthew Hicks. Matthew, welcome back to The Balance, sir. How is you? I am well. Yourself? I'm great. I was supposed to get my second vaccination today, but uh, they they changed where I was going to go have it done. They changed it or something. So I have to have the Moderna. So I, I, I got pushed back a week on my second vaccination. But the good thing about it is now I'm free to, to get down to the track. I may not make it down there today. I got some other stuff going on, but I might go down there and and, and hang out on Main Street to, for a little bit. But really, in all seriousness, Matt, it's been nearly two years since we've seen fans down there, 16 in Georgetown, aka the Indianapolis yeah. Motor Speedway. That all changes today. How exciting is that? That's great. I think it's wonderful, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see. You know, this has not been, you know, it's a very relatively new tradition, the road course race. What are we in year, what are we in year five at this point of, of the road course, maybe three? 
Um, I have five, five, five or six. Yeah, I that's five a good Google question. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the turnout is. I think it's going to be good. Um, it's great. I, you know, I think uh, as a people, um, we're you know, in general, we're ready for this thing to be over safely, of course. And uh, a lot of people have, like you said, been vaccinated. So there's relatively low risk of a of a gathering like this, especially uh, where you can easily spread out and be outside. So it, it's a wonderful day. It looks like it's going to I think it's going to be a beautiful day here in Indianapolis. Uh, but the great thing is a little rain, if we get some, only makes that race more exciting. So you can't lose. That's right. That's one thing they, they don't have. They don't stop the race there for rain. The only thing they would stop it for is lightning. It is pretty cool uh, to, to see the rooster tails and everything on the on those cars in, when, it, when it has been raining. Although I have been out there in the rain. And, you know, I, I, I got used to the benefits of the media center, let me tell you. Because <laughs> I've yeah, been out there at this time when the, in the – and the uh, road course race, and it's been kind of rainy and nasty. So it looks like it's going to be a great day. Tony's out there. He said uh, the, the fans are coming in, and it was a great experience over qualifying. Uh, you know, it's a little weird not seeing them out, out on the viewing mountains, uh, which seems kind of weird that they wouldn't be allowed there since it's outside, and you're, you're seeing CDC starting to lift restrictions on masks anyway. I, I still never understood what would be what's the big issue of allowing fans to be on the, the viewing mounds or can, to, confined is the wrong word to use, but they're, they're only allowed in the bleachers. But we'll see what happens. Let's start uh, talking about what's going on today. Two o'clock's the green uh, flag. We, we talked in, in detail a little bit uh, about our rookie uh, and, and pole uh, setter, uh, Romain Cojon. I'm going to get it right before the 500. But what's really exciting, and, and I don't know if you've seen it, we've got it up on our social media, but the huge fiery wreck in formula one that he had last year i mean just the fact that he even got out of there let alone uh being able to come over to indycar and and get the the p1 position at the grand prix is is amazing well i you know this is something i'm not sure you and i've ever talked about but i'm a big formula one fan i was watching that race live when it happened and uh i couldn't believe and and the rumors had been kind of there had been rumors about romaine grosjean's um the future for a while, and, and was IndyCar going to be a part of that future? And, and, and by that point, it was pretty well uh, a strong possibility, we'll say, and I had heard that he would be an IndyCar this year. So after that wreck, I remember I was I was texting with some uh, fellow Formula One friends, the fans uh, that are friends, and I said, "Well, there goes that. He won't come to IndyCar now." Uh, by the way, after being thankful that he walked away from the craziest crash you've ever seen i mean he went under a guardrail i mean the the fact that he lived through that was a miracle and it's just a wonderful testament to their advances in safety as well uh but i remember saying that though to some friends i was like well that's it he won't he won't come to indycar and here he is and he has proven he is one of the great drivers in the world and uh, we'll see You, you never know i i think it's difficult with the equipment he has to be able to hold off the entire field but if there is a track where he could do it at, that if, if he can if he can lead the first lap, I give him an excellent chance to win this race today. If there's there's plenty of passing opportunities, and obviously anything can happen with weather, and with the pit road uh, with the pits. 
but I, I do think that he has a chance to win this race today. But, by the way, I also think there's about 12 other drivers that have a legitimate chance to win this race today. And this field is so tight, there's really only one or two people that you were, if you were to say this name or that name, that I'd say, well, that says the long shot. Otherwise, it, it's a, such a competitive field. I wouldn't be shocked if any of them won. Oh, I, I, exactly. But, you know, here's the, the thing, just the way the road course is set up. If your man able to start in the top five, you've got a very good chance of winning that race. Yep. But there again, we've got a, a Formula One veteran. And let's face it, that road course is very similar to a Formula One type of race. So, yeah, he has a very good shot of winning. And, you know, we remember a few years back, Felix Rosenquist. Uh, Quest uh, won it as a rookie when he was with Chip Canassi. Obviously, he's now over at Arrow. You know, I, another uh, name that we know well is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's going to be starting from behind, yeah. but he also is a rookie. Yeah, did you know that Jimmy Johnson was a rookie, uh, Matt? <laughs> but I, I <laughs> but he also that. has a lot of success <laughs> on road courses. What does a guy like Jimmy Johnson, with the experiences he has, uh, have to do? And obviously, he's raced at this track many times on the oval in, in the NASCAR setting. But what does uh, Jimmy Johnson have to do to get from behind to be somewhat competitive in today's race? <clears throat> well, I, I want to start by saying not listening to a damn thing I say. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> But he has okay, to have all the luck, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he has to have a lot of luck. His he, he is still learning, and he has had such a measured and patient approach. Um, I I appreciate that, you know, as a as a fan of racing, that he's just really not taking anything for granted, and just taking a very measured. Um, uh, I don't say slow because that's not the word you want to use, but but right. he's just been measured in all this, and I think I think you'll continue to see improvement out of him for this entire season. I think, and I was probably guilty of this too. I think a lot of people thought, well, this is kind of a one-off year for him, and maybe he'll go into NASCAR ownership. Maybe he'll do this, maybe he'll do that. I get the sense that this is the next page of his career. I I expect to see him perhaps in more of a full-time schedule next year. I read, um, I read somewhere where he is starting to, well, his wife is starting to be open to him doing the 500, which was frankly always the issue um, uh, for many years, that his wife wasn't necessarily comfortable with it. I think we'll see Jimmy Johnson in the Indianapolis 500 next year, and that's wonderful for, for the sport of, of IndyCar. I mean, a, a, a multiple-time NASCAR champion, one of the great drivers also, great drivers in the world to, to do your discipline and hopefully have some success over time. Today, you need to stay clean and have a heck of a lot of luck. Uh, but, but guys like that make their own luck. So, again, you know, he would probably be one of the more surprising winners. But, again, not shocked if he were to win. He's got a great team behind him, and they, they might have a strategy in mind that will get him up front at the end and wouldn't be shocked. It'd be great. It'd be great for for IndyCar for a guy like Jimmy Johnson to win, especially as he's going to be on the broadcast for the 500 on NBC nationally uh, in a couple yeah. of weeks. What a great thing for your Grand Prix winner to be in the booth. That would be fantastic. And he's won there at Indianapolis too, so he knows what it, what it's like to win there at Indianapolis. Let's talk about another uh, sure. guy, well known guy that's in the back, and, and, and we, got, we look at the return of Juan Hobble Montoya, his first day back competing in the NTT IndyCar Series after an absence of 1,447 days. 
did not go according to as planned, I guess. And I'm dating myself, and you probably are familiar back when we had the carts, but he was the 1999 cart champion and two-time Indy 500 winner. Uh, you just had some complicated sessions in the number 86 Aero McLaren uh, SP Chevy uh, with the final outing of the qualifying, you know, really leaving him in a, in a not-so-good spot. Juan Hobble Montoya returns to IndyCar, but certainly I think he wanted a better return than this. Well, listen, you know, here's the deal. This guy's a champion, and everything he's done, his stint in Formula One was successful. Frankly, his stint in NASCAR, by wins and losses, would maybe not be considered successful. He did win a couple cup races, I believe. Um, he... He was in. Um, he was in a team that was, it was in its kind of infancy and transitioning. So he was. He was in a spot that made it tough for him to be a contender every week when he was in NASCAR. But he was a great Cup driver. I mean, he was fine. He was always. If you if you remember, Juan Montoya, Juan Pablo Montoya was always in the top ten. Uh, it seemed like every time you turn on NASCAR race, well, there he was an eighth, and something would happen, or you know this or that. So I mean, he had he's had success in every discipline. He's a champion uh, open-wheel driver. If they can figure out their issues, another guy that you would not be shocked to see do well, not only this weekend, but keep your eye on him in two weeks as things are going to be obviously very different on the oval. Well, you know, absolutely. You know, as, as, as much success as Juan Hablo has had in both NASCAR and IndyCar and other racing series, I think what he's mo- most known for is is hitting the, the dryer truck on the, on the track. Uh, yeah. Where did that happen? <laughs> I can't remember what race that was. Was it the Daytona like... night race? I, I'm, I think it was I a night race. Remember. I remember that. But, yeah, he slammed right into that. The, yeah, I can't remember if it was Charlotte or if it was Daytona, but it may have been Talladega. It was a big track. I remember that. And yeah, yeah, he just slammed right into it. I remember it was a fireball, if you remember. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. It was a bad wreck. Uh, but just mm-hmm. uh, you know, that seems to be what he's 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 known uh, for. Let's talk. Yeah, a little which bit is a shame move. because he's that's a shame because he's he's a obviously a champion driver in multiple one of the great drivers of like our generation because he was one of the few to do so many different multiple disciplines and really have success in all of them. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about as we get ready for the Indianapolis 500. I will be there. Unfortunately, didn't get everything ironed out. They still haven't told us the protocols for the media. So I just went ahead and put my name in there to be able to be part of the 40% of the fans. So uh, we got our tickets. So we will be at the Indianapolis 500. Are you going? Uh, I think I'm. I'm going to watch from home this year. I, you know, honestly, I've gone. I've gone as a fan several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not been as a fan, but maybe once or twice since uh, the old credentials dried up. <laughs> so I'll probably be at home grilling, and, and maybe, you know, there's some thought that it might be on television live, but if not, I will, of course, always enjoy the wonderful job that the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network uh, does oh, yeah. broadcasting, one of, the, one of the great radio broadcasts of any kind every year throughout the country. And I totally agree with that. And, and I'm a little bit biased. I've got a good friend, and I'm sure you know him too, uh, Jake Query, who's been on there for a while. He's oh, certainly yeah. been around the indie mm-hmm. radio market. But he just tells a story. And I just love, uh, love oh, to hear great. him. Does a great job with the history of the, the track and the turns. And he can say so much in that little bit of time that the car goes past him. So he adds a lot of uh, value to that race. But you're absolutely right. Mute the TV and turn on uh, the radio. 
So let's talk a little bit, a little bit of what we got, the, the drivers who might need a good month of May, if you will. And you, you would think that we wouldn't be having this conversation about this person, but entering Indy, the, the, the least popular person for the bottom half of the field, is Chip Canassi's racing Scott Dixon. Uh, there's no guarantee that, that Dixon uh, will maintain his grasp on the championship lead by the end of May, but he's off to uh, on the start. Uh, but uh, he's certainly one that I think just needs to have a good May to 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 fill just to get the shot in the arm, if you will. He's a he's a guy. These last you know how many times has he won the championship? So many, right? Um, it seems like a few times here lately when he's won the championship, it's come on late. Um, but I tell you what. That team with him and and Kanan, uh, among at all, great team for Indianapolis uh, for the Oval. Boy, I'd keep your eye on them. That's a that's a group that knows how to get around that track very quickly. Um, I like I like that team. I'm a sucker for uh, a veteran driver that's won this race that knows how to win this race. They've got two of them. Um, I, I just I think with what they have together is going to be. Really interesting to keep our eye on throughout the month. They don't seem, and, and, again, you never know. Every year is different. But they don't always seem to show a ton during qualifying. Um, but they're there. They're in the fast nine. I would expect, really, if not two of them, three of them to be in the fast nine. Maybe, you know, you know, no. Uh, but I, I just think that's a team to keep your eye on uh, these next, these next. well, even today, too, to be frank. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see any of that team sweep the month. It wouldn't shock me a bit. So, you know, we, as, as we're, as we're looking at, you know, well, really kind of more or less close to midway season now. And so it's certainly the championship line is starting to line up. It's not lining up for Andretti Autosports camp at this moment. And, you know, some, a good haul of uh, points could happen at the Indianapolis 500. You know, you certainly have some veterans, Ryan hunter Ray, Alexander Rossi, Alexander Rossi uh, had, a, had a good performance in practice and qualifying, but just quite didn't quite get it. He, he starts in the middle. The, the pack today, of course, James Hinchcliffe, a fan favorite as well. Uh, so I, I guess, and, you know, I, and I saw an article that where James Hinchcliffe was even quoted in saying this, there's no reason to hold out hope uh, for a giant uh, points haul at IMS. Uh, but uh, I guess, you know, you, you, you like to think that Andretti's doing everything they can do, but something's not clicking right with that organization. Well, I, you know, I tend to think it's just kind of be being luck. If you want to know um, my, my, uneducated opinion about it. I, I just think they've had just horrible, just horrible luck here so far. And, and uh, in Indianapolis, you do kind of make your own luck in a sense, especially on the oval. Well, really on the oval that you can hang back and try to stay out of trouble and then really make a run the last half of the race. I think you might see that you're going to see, I mean, they have so many cars, you're going to see multiple strategies out of that, out of that team. And uh, gosh, another team where, you name the driver, that wouldn't shock me if any of them were on a podium or, or even the winner of, of the 105th running of this great race. I, yeah, I, I think it's been luck. I mean, Rossi's been fast. He's been fast in every, every, every track they've been at. It's just been horrible bad luck that he's been caught up in. Um, I know he's. I, I know when you have bad luck, you, you, you tend to see some impatience, but I just don't see that out of him necessarily. Um, 
So I, I'd be curious to see the month they have. I, I think I think they have an excellent shot of, of having one of their drivers. I mean, the odds are good. What, they have seven cars? So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the you odds are there. That, the numbers game, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the numbers say they got a great chance. Uh, but I do think they do, though. They've got great drivers, great team, um, wonderful, wonderful team. And there's, yeah, obviously every chance to win this race. You know, you talk about impatient drivers, and, and I think he, he, he'll freely admit to this that he's probably one of the most impatient drivers out there, and that's Sebastian Bourdais. He's had some issues at Texas uh, and other races this year. He's over at AJ Point Racing now, uh, and here he, here he comes at, again. He's starting number 20th in his number 14 car with only a qualifying speed of 125.107. I say only. I've never driven over 100 miles in my life. So, you know, 125.07 is still pretty fast, but not fast enough to get in the mix. Uh, I don't know that he's got what it takes to make a good showing today at the at the Grand Prix. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 tough, and and that and that team in general, uh, gosh, always just kind of feels like they're a little bit behind the eight ball, but but they've made such improvements over the years. And I like Bourdais on that team. Um, I think that's, a, that's another guy that today, especially, boy, he knows another Formula One veteran that had some, some success there. Uh, great driver in cart, been around a long time, savvy veteran. That's what we say when people get a little older, they're savvy. Um, <laughs> and he is, he, he, he truly is. And, and, and yeah, he's a guy that, you know, Foyt Racing, you know, Larry and those guys and AJ, they, they, what a great day would be for them to get back on top of it at Indianapolis. And what I will always say about them as we get to the oval portion of the, of the month, you know, that team is another one that seems to always have a strategy that, well, oh my gosh, there's a Foyt car there in the top five. You know, it just never fails. And Bourdais would be seen to be the logical choice. So uh, uh, Charlie Kimball uh, will return with them as well. So, yeah, I, you know, it's just, it's such a tight field. I mean, when you look at it, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We haven't talked about uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing. Uh, mm-hmm. Would it shock you if Graham or, or Takuma Sato won either or both of these races this month? Wouldn't shock me a bit. No, it would not. Absolutely not at all. Um, Graham's got to do something. That's, that's for sure. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we talked about Felix Rosenfeld, who's won this very race before he won it as a rookie. He also was with Chip Canassi. His move over to Errol McLaren has not quite been the smooth transition that he wants. Uh, he is going to be starting 13th today. So if you're suspicious, I don't know if I want to start in that position or not. And his yeah, number seven car at a speed of 125.750, Felix Rosenfeld. Another another great driver who can who can obviously very capable of winning a race. I guess I come back to you with the Arrow and the, the McLaren team. Um, heard a fascinating little oddball stat about about this you know truly McLaren team on a, on the Indianapolis road course. Um, if they complete a second lap, it will be the first time since like 2005 because the McLaren F1 team was here. But in six, Montoya had a, a problem on the first lap, and then in seven was the tire debacle. I might have the, the, the years wrong, but it was kind of like this wild thing that it'll be like the first time in so many years that they'll have turned a second lap at the Indianapolis road course. So it's kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I, I, will, I, will, um, I will digress to and, and go back <laughs> to I just I, I think there's so much we don't know about that team and, and, and what it's got right now. I, again, on the road course, the road course is the great equalizer as far as equipment goes, or so it would seem. 
but as we go to uh, oval practice, I'm very excited to see where they are because what an interesting driver lineup they have. Oh yeah, I thought you were going to say something else. No, I, I totally, I totally agree. Let's talk a little bit about our our local hometown guy, Connor Daly, uh, uh, sporting the mullet uh, look. Uh, um, you know, he's bringing that back. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Connor Daly did well. He's in he's in the the fast six, the top six in, in qualifying. He did well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Connor Daly? Uh, you know, finally being able to to uh, this track, especially the road course, has not always been his friend in the past. Good for him. Wonderful story. Um, Connor Daly is, just, well, you know, as you know, such a character, you know. Um, and it <laughs> would, would be a wonderful, another, another, yeah, oh, just totally. And what a wonderful uh, story he would be to win this race or the next one. I mean, what a great, what a great story that would be. Um, yeah, I, I, another guy. Now, see, he's, again, the road course, you must start in the top half of the race. It's very, I, I think you're going to struggle to exactly. move through the field, you know, exactly. if you're, if you're starting 12th or 12th or worse, but, but that doesn't mean strategy can't play a part of this, but when you're in the top six, you can pick your best strategy and you've only got to pick off five guys. I say only easy for me to say, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, I think, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, started, you know, 70 some races in the IndyCar series now, um, he's good. Great. We know uh, great equipment for uh, with with Ed Carpenter. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think a guy that, that can can win this thing, uh, and what a wonderful champion he would be. Oh, absolutely. He's a great ambassador uh, of the sport. You know, real quickly, while we still have a, a couple of minutes here, let's talk a little bit about Renus VK. I like him. He starts in the number seven mm-hmm. position. He could be our dark horse pick of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if if if, if Romain Grosjean hadn't gotten the pole, he was going to be my dark horse just because he's a rookie. But uh, Renus DK is a guy that is quick. I mean, he's very quick, and uh, he is there every week. It seems like uh, he's a little fearless, uh, which is good. <laughs> uh, might, might cause for some interesting moments, but he is a little fearless. Uh, yeah, uh, another guy. I like that as the dark horse pick. I I think that's a that's a. If I were a betting man. And, uh, and by the way, <laughs> uh, that might be a, 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 something to throw a, a nickel on or so just to see if he could, if he could get a top three. Cause I think that's a, that's a, a very interesting uh, guy to keep your eye on here this morning or this afternoon. Sorry. Matt Hicks, long time radio professional here in Indianapolis. We appreciate you jumping on with us. I, I know people can find you on, on Twitter and, and follow you. We, we, we follow you as well, and I appreciate you coming on and jumping on with us, obviously, always during the month of May, but you're welcome anytime, sir. Thank you. It's uh, wonderful to be with you, and as, uh, as we always say, we're all free agents, and you never know what's going to happen. By the way, I'm not being coy. I'm not being coy. There's nothing brewing. But, uh, 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 you know, another guy, too, real quick before we run, uh, Jack uh-huh. Harvey's a guy to keep your eye on today, too. Oh, yeah. I know he's you know, starting in the second row, but, but he, he's a guy that's, you know, you kind of say maybe due for a, for a great result, and uh, that would be wonderful for him and his team as well. Absolutely. Matthew, we appreciate you joining us. Have a, have a great race day, sir. Yep. Enjoy race day in Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Doesn't get any better. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk Absolutely. to you soon. See ya. All right, bye-bye.
Matt Hicks, longtime radio professional, good friend of the show. I love him coming on. Certainly knows a lot about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the track. Uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony Geek Podcast called us from out of the track today. And uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, joins us as well. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Make sure you follow us on social media, and we'll have as much up as we can about the race. But you can certainly watch it. But I would encourage you to listen to the uh, the radio broadcast at the Indianapolis uh, uh, Raceway Network, and it's a great, great broadcast. They do a great job of, of telling the story of the track. Make sure that you're following us on social media, at T-Balance on the Twitter, and Facebook, The Balance. Just search The Balance, hit follow, hit subscribe, tell us how awesome we are, so we know how awesome that you are, and uh, make sure that, that you, uh, you stay with us. My name's Tom Marcos, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive, but it isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.